uh, gave me the relief in the arthritis I was looking for. It was an anti-inflammatory in its own way, the C was. And I went through the operations, so both my knees replaced and my hip replaced, went through the operations and came back on the other side. And the other side of it came out with this ability to take a lot of punishment in cold war. Welcome to the Social Fabric Podcast. I'm your host Andrea Splendori and this week my guest is Jared Kennedy. Jared got into swimming while competing in triathlons and when an injury made his running difficult, he was advised to try sea swimming without a wetsuit. That has led him into long distance swimming including a relay across the Irish Sea and ice swimming at temperatures 5 degrees or below. He will be leading an exploration to Antarctica in February 2020 where he and others will swim in icy conditions. Jer will be one of my guests, along with Ross Thompson and others, to be announced on the live podcast in the Whale Theatre on the 26th of March. Tickets will be available on thewhaletheatre.ie or check out my bio on Instagram. You can listen back to past episodes on socialfabric.ie, iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The songs are shortened for rights reason. Full playlist is available on Spotify under Social Fabric. And if you'd like to get in touch with their program, you can email me on info at socialfabric.ie. Thank you. Can I call you up a while on a Friday night? We could reminisce on old days and we could talk a while. Sit and talk a so we are I'm here with Jer Kennedy. Thanks, Emilia, for your time, Jer. Yeah. And uh, I think I'd like to start from the end. <laughs> from the end. <laughs> Which is uh, what you're about to go into. You're about to do this um, ice swim over in the Antarctica, in the Antarctica Circle. Yeah. So tell me a bit about that because I read some of it and uh, I think it's better here from yeah, the Yeah, we kind of we've been keeping it under the radar a bit. Because um, permissions to get to swim down there is very, very uh, delicate. I've had to go to the Argentina Armada to actually get permission to actually swim in Antarctica and had to get a company to actually take us. So it took me three years to now, three and a half years to now, just even, first year was just to find permission and, and to get a company to accept me and the group of us to go as a unit to Antarctica and to swim there as a, as a group a group of swimmers which is I think you know maybe the largest group ever I don't know whatever it is but the first year was literally trying to find that and had to call a few friends to kind of vouch for me as a an expedition leader um, not just a swimmer as a leader of people and things by the book medical stuff order uh, on what was so I was actually interviewed in London by the expedition company just even saying will you take us so um, thankfully they said yes and we've applied for the parent to the Argentina Armada which I'm confident we've sent in all the requests and everything they would require to give us that parent to swim and also then we are under I think it's the IATTO which is the Travel, um, the travel restrictions required. Uh, the agency who looks after Antarctica travel, uh, a license required by the companies to actually operate an operating license. So that was that was a year and a half before I even got to that. 
before even money changed hands or forget out the money was incidental to them. It was actually, okay, are you going to, are you an activist? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? And risk assessments, plans, um, and then a couple of the Antarctica Irish Explorers Society vouched for me. I went to speak down to Shackleton Museum in Atai and various people that appreciate history and what's it all about. So there's a big anniversary, 200 years coming up, and I linked in with them and they also vouched for me as a, an Irish explorer um, and a leader of, of people, you know, like a exclusive leader. And that went directly to the director of the company. So all this just to get the start. Wow. Having family, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the 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 by the the by century is about uh, the guy from Middleton. He was the guy who discovered. Yeah, that's right. Um, it was funny I, when I started this process. I didn't know this. I had no clue. Um, we we thought it was actually a Russian guy by the second name Bellinghausen, and he was documented as the first guy to discover the, the Arctic Antarctic continent, and. Anyway, I put it out there and next minute, oh no, he wasn't, came back. This Irish guy called Eugene Furlong, uh, who's well involved in historical uh, exploits of Tom Crean and various explorers. And uh, he explained the whole thing to me and the phone call happened. And I deeply apologised. I said, sorry Eugene, I had no clue about Edward Bransfield. None. And I said, this is amazing. I said, this is incredible discovery for us and since then um, that's grown legs into now this month the 25th of January there's a memorial being um, erected in Balnacora in Middleton mm-hmm. and the Irish Navy will be attending and various dignitaries attending to unveil this memorial of this another unsung hero that uh, was lost in, in a Lost in paperwork, no one realised until somebody discovered it. And uh, the likes of um, Michael Smith, who, who actually uncovered the whole Tom Green story, he's very much involved in this. So there's a lot of historical facts, a lot of nautical facts, uh, facts and facts and facts, and they're verified, verified. And it turns out this Irish man who was, it was, it was uh, in the British Navy, of course, right? Um, he was the guy who actually found it. And there's now Mount Bransfield, which is a mountain. Uh, there's Bransfield House, and there's Bransfield Strait. So the Russian guy, sorry, there's no mountains mentioned in his name. Uh, I believe he's seen ice, lumps of ice, but not uh, actually mountains. So, um, fantastic stories for us to go. And it's brilliant because it happens to be on the 200th anniversary. 200th anniversary, yeah. And what about yeah. exactly going to be or is it is that a location you can't disclose it? Oh, I can, yeah. Well, because you mentioned Argentina, it's going to be way, way down. It is. No, we travel, uh, we're three days across the Drake Passage because we're going further south. So we're trying to hit a 68 degrees not south, right. which is 66 degrees is inside the Antarctic Circle. We're trying to go a bit deeper. So it's a good polar sort of quest we're looking for. Um, the group, the whole idea of the group was to do something to bring a, a normal service, not, not to be any kind of super ultra ice swimmer, marathon swimmer, 
I want normal, I wanted normal people to come to Antarctica with me and actually swim. It wasn't just a handful, it was open to everybody, it was open to any country, it was open to everybody to come on this journey with me. Um, and a group of us that started this process and, and literally, and that's what's happened. There was, totally now I was 18, and I'd say eight of them are totally novice swimmers, but they're good winter swimmers, they're strong winter swimmers, and they're in training, and their goal, if they swim 50 metres in Antarctica, I'm, that's, that's my job done, it's to see them swim in Antarctica. Sure. I know I'm going to swim in Antarctica, and I know I'm going to do, if the weather conditions are right, and uh, favourable conditions, and everything goes correct with the captain, he's happy, and the crew is happy, and I will swim in the, the Antarctic Circle, inside the circle. For a mile? For a mile distance, yeah. yeah. Okay, now, a couple more things on that in a second, but let's start with the first song, which is uh, ACDC, Long Way to the Top. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I picked that one because um, I suppose I've been swimming uh, this kind of endurance swimming I started about seven years ago and I started in a wetsuit let me know that you know I did start in a wetsuit an extra athlete I started in a wetsuit and uh, I discovered this this word ice swimming didn't know what the hell it was and I'm swimming the 40 foot and and then I realised that I'm pretty okay with this, you know, if you take a lot of cold, a lot of punishment, but it was a bit heavier then. And uh, for me, I went, so uh, we'll get to the top, so that's what Swimming, that you um, seven years ago you decided, and I read somewhere you, you had issues with your knees or whatever after running. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, yeah. What brought you into ice swimming? So just give us a bit of that. A bit sure. Of a um, I, it actually, I had very bad arthritis in my hips and knees, um, particularly one side of the hip, and I, I was cycling well, I was training hard, and then obviously. Uh, problems with my hips and joints and went and x-rayed and I realised I had a quite bad arthritis and it was actually down to my hereditary. It wasn't anything I was doing, a bit heavy for running, but I was able to compete, good level. And um, so when that was diagnosed, I couldn't cycle, uh, I couldn't walk at one stage actually because it was just too painful. I had to go to bed because my hip was so badly uh, corroded, which was a 90 year old hip joint. And between that and then my knee and knee operation too as well on top of that. So there was I was going downhill. And for me not to do any activity or sport or anything was pretty difficult because I was beginning to enjoy being fit again. So someone said to me, Go down to the forty foot there and jump in the water winter and you feel much better. And I said, you Are you mad? <laughs> so I did. Fully wet suited. Got in, lasted about 30 seconds maybe, if you're lucky, 
posed a bit as if I was doing more. Social media, that's it. I'm the nice one in Everson. And then um, I started to went, okay, I feel pretty good. And my, my mental health was actually suffering at the time. Um, so I needed something. So, okay, so I continued and did, obviously ditched the wetsuit after a couple of weeks, a couple of plunges, very short stuff. And then started to go a bit further and a bit further and a bit further. <laughs> so, uh, and it gave me the, it gave me the relief in the arthritis I was looking for. It was an anti-inflammatory in its own way, the sea was. And I went through the operations of both my knees replaced and my hip replaced. Went through the operations and came back on the other side. And the other side of it came out with this ability to take a lot of punishment in cold war, a lot of uh, uh, distance or disability that I didn't even know I had to lay. And the mental health you mentioned there, you say, I spoke to a few people about that. Uh, I swimming, I swim myself, and you know, it's just, just a fantastic feeling. Coming yeah. out of the water, it's, it's hard yeah. to explain unless you actually get in yourself and do it. That's right. Was that, did that help? Like the, the, the physical, apart from the exercises, obviously you always exercise, it's, you, know, you play rugby, you, you, yeah. you did triathlons, and then if you get injured, it's hard to sit on the couch. You know? Yeah. Was that, was that what was driving you? The mental I health? think so, yeah. I mean, I think before, you know, before this kind of this mental health was starting to come, people would start coming out. I was the one. I was. I started to come out and say, "Look, guys, I suffered from depression very badly at the time, and I was on medication, which I still am on now." And I wrote about an article about five or six years ago, about in the Sunday Times about what the sea gives back to me, and it was nearly at this stage. This was a turning point for a lot of people to. A lot of people that would be looked at saying, you know, Jer suffers from depression, like that guy is a high achiever, he's a tough guy kind of stuff, you know what I mean? That kind of people that look at that and say, Jesus, you know, I, I, I did, I do suffer. So I think the, the, the swimming complemented that each other. Um, and I actually was able to freely talk about it, it didn't bother me. And I could actually sense it more in other men not with other women, more with other men that I went, guys were suffering, there was a lot of change in the economy at the time, people were losing their ass, money-wise, jobs were gone, families were suffering. Um, so I could actually say, come on over some with me, and I don't care what you do, 50 meters, five meters, doesn't matter, you feel better. Um, and then became more popular. I think at the time, um, I was a couple of sports stars, just literally after I wrote that article, the sports stars came out with very similar symptoms, sports superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came out and went, oh, so this is something new. And now it's more open now as you see that sure. the whole trend has changed where people are okay to say, I don't feel okay. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. And uh, obviously there were the sea swimming, especially down at the 40 foot, but pretty much anywhere around the country. Uh, it's very much... Uh, it's a community, isn't it? The, the, the it is. It is. It's very simple. I, I used to, I always admired people who were 40 foot because when I started there in the mornings, I started to do more harder stuff. It was the same people. Average age was 60 to 70. And I used to, I still admire them. They rock up every time, whether it's 8 a.m., 9 a.m., usually on the, on the hour. 
and they have their slot, and you go in, and they walk down the steps, into the water, back out, it should be flash of a swim, they're a million dollars. They might go home to an empty house that their partner has passed away, or their dog is not there anymore. There's lots of things goes on in the background. And I always admire those people, and still do, because they still go down there and sit with them. Sometimes they go down to sit there. Not even swim, just sit there and listen to them. And how long have you swimming here? 45 years. And it's, it's, so you hear, I really admire them. So it doesn't matter what you do in swimming, it's 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 just be yourself. You know what I mean? Everyone's the same when you're in the water. It's no difference. That's great. Okay, well, as we're gonna talk a little bit more about so I swimming, you give me this soak, this song, you shoot me all night long again by Easy Easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well uh, yeah, I I picked that song. I think you shook me on like long because yeah, I, I my early stages of pushing my limits, sometimes I push too hard. And a few times I actually one time particular time I came out very hypothermic and uh, I actually got stopped by the guards. Um I think I wrote a bit of an article about that. Actually that was a fact, yeah. He stopped me and told me I was actually drunk and was I just couldn't visibly drive the shaking so much. So you shook me on back long. <laughs> Started because of this uh, arthritis, it started swimming in that song seven years ago. Seven years ago? Yeah. yeah. But in seven years, then you became, um, in seven years, that's all it took you to to break a record and be the only man, am I right? Yeah. And there's one woman that did the that's same right. thing as you, uh, an American yeah. woman. That's but right. you're the only man in the world that has swam this seven coldest seas. Is that, is that the. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the concept. Um, it's funny, I created it. Okay. This is the thing. Probably did not know why. No, I, that's what I was going to ask it you. It was like the seven, <coughs> the seven summits, or Ocean Seven, right? It's equivalent. And I'm sitting here in the middle of Russia somewhere, and this guy hands me a, hands me a, a buff, and I had on the front of it, I had seven summits and Ocean Seven, which is seven, particularly Ocean Swims, and obviously seven summits, right? Which is Everest and so on. I look and saying, and I had this buff and I'm looking at it, and I said, yes. seven ice swims around the world, and geographically located. So, um, that's where it came from. Was that buff? And I went, okay. And I mentioned to a guy, a couple of friends, and he said, shit, yeah, that's really damn good. And I said, okay. So I got Steve with monotones from uh, one of Morrison Association to just confer with him. And see, look, Stephen, I have this. I said, you know, it needs to be polished off or whatever. And I said, look, what do you think? And he goes, wow, Jer. I said, that's pretty cool. And I said, look, don't release on yet because I need to talk to Ramber Kai from my swimming association to, you know, somebody has to admin this. You know, we can't just create something and then put it out there. And so admin has to be an administrator. and 
IISA is would be the administrator. So between myself and Ram and Stephen, um, we got together. Ram then changed the small bit, which is good because he added in his massive experience. He's three times an Antarctica swimmer. And he added in loads of stuff and change. And it was actually, so the origins actually came for me. And I went, God, I said, maybe someday somebody do that, you know? And of course, it turned out to be me. I went, I was going through my list and I said to my wife, Alice, and I said, I was, I said, I've only got four to go, like, you know. <laughs> and she goes, Are you swimming? Well, she is from here. And I went, Oh, Jesus, what am I doing? Said, and she goes, Right, like, I said to her, Look, look, I'm getting older. I'm 50 now. So I have a plan in my head. I said, I have a lot of friends around the world that'll help me out. I said, A lot of them knows, but I think I can get, I think I can have a go at this. So I put a plan in place. There was a lot of money involved. A financial plan in place, so everybody had to planned because now you're going to places that no one's ever swam before, like North Norway, um, place in Australia, just like high altitude in Australia, um, locations that have been you know, untouched. So we're going into a little unknowns, you're going into the southern hemisphere, which means you have to train differently because you're you're here in winter and it's their summer. So now it's our summer, it's their winter. So I'm, how do I train the body to adapt to two degree in Australia? And here it's 15 degree, you know? So there's lots of variables to change. So, so anyway, she gave me the green light to say, which well, no chance really, but anyway, I was had to ask. So she came in for 10 now. But, um, so that was it, we put the plan together. I put the figures out to a lot of people, a lot of friends and said, look, I need help with this and contacts I've had over the years would be cross paths and swimming or events and everyone said, Yeah, I'll help you with your went to North um, North Africa North America, um group in Boston there, great people there. They helped me out there, which is a very unusual swim because it's difficult to permissions required. You gotta pee medical cover. There's lots of things, variables that um you have to overcome them and reach out to people, they will help you. And it's fascinating because you have, well, apart from the, obviously the coast is below five degrees, am I correct? Below five. Yeah. Below five is yeah. the, five is the limit, yeah. it's cold then becomes ice swimming from there. That's cold water yeah. swimming, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's the technical word is five, five degrees and lower is, is what RAM and the IASA create as ice swimming. But one of them had to be below one, one degree. The minus one was it? One of them? Uh, you, the sea water goes down to minus one point seven. <laughs> is the max. Right. We swam in. I swam in minus one. Right. Um, and that's pretty out there. Yeah. yeah. What I what I what I fascinates me about the, the story is that it's just more than like when I first read about you, I went, oh, the coldest season. And like I I never I don't know what the yeah. That's the yeah. first I heard from the full story and. There's a lot more to it. This, this is proper exploration. Like you're talking about getting into a place that, as you say, nobody swam in this place. Is it the lake in, in North Norway? Uh, no, there was, a, there was an island off North Norway. It was just fishermen. Never seen swimmers. We wrapped up. There's a bunch of seven. It was actually Jamie, the other girl who, who completed the challenge too. She was a good friend of mine. She was with me. It was part of her journey. So 
you know, we look after each other and we went up there and we're like, what are we talking about last night? Because it was such an amazing trip because we're all in the house together and there was no wife. It was great. Mm-hmm. So we're all there making dinner, cooking, talking and helping each other and say, well, you're swimming, you're swimming. And, and we, everybody succeeded in their personal goals and it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. We're actually trying to re- recreate that, but I don't know if we can. The simplicity of it was just other people helping other people. It wasn't just about records. We can, yeah. we can care. We well, obviously, the records gives you the recognition and gives you the, the platform to to talk more about yeah. the thing you want to talk about. Yeah, I think so. It, it's, I think Norway was sort of the little step into the unknown because I was able to find a way into seventy degrees north, the cheapest way as possible because I had no money. Um, the credit union wouldn't talk to me, or I wouldn't talk to them, and. You know, I think when we done that, I meant, oh, this is, yeah, this is good. And then, then I looked at North America, um, with Irish, obviously Irish connections in Boston. And again, Jamie uh, assisted me in that. She was able to make that happen through her Boston friends. And she traveled from New York to Boston and helped me with the Irish Mall there. Yeah. Okay, more ACDC because uh, Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck, yeah. I think that was, uh, I would say, what well, I think, well, obviously, it's a fabulous song, but I think that was when you know, from the forest of igniting that I was gonna have a goal. I completely reset and I think we said, well, I can do it, I can do it, and I have to, and financially, I can do it. I mean, all everything goes to ticking boxes, so I think that was the energy. So, listen to that to make you believe. Well, I, I'm sitting here with you, you're a normal bloke like me, and yes, you can achieve things that, that well, I, at the moment I wouldn't be able to, but now you're telling me you, you have people to come in, regular swimming, to do maybe 50 meters or whatever it may yeah. be. So, for somebody listening in, they go, do you wouldn't mind giving it a go at this ice swimming or cold water swimming or just swimming in the yeah. RC? Like, what, what, how did you go from the 40 foot from swimming 10 meters to 20 meters, 200 meters, and, and you also long distance swimmer? So, how did you adapt your body to that physically and technically? What's, what's the process then? Yeah, that was, that was always the difficulty because we, there was no, nothing. There was no manuals in this. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. There was a few, a few mentors I had, um, some good people that gave me some. I went to Siberia the first time in 2013 with a lady called Linda Moore. She, you know, the process of the, the extra hardening process required to go to these limits of a 500 meter swim then in zero degree, you know, was a mammoth challenge. This was like the scary the little days and you know, a very intimidating area, you're in Siberia, you're from by big Russian dudes, you know, everything's there to scare you. 
but I, uh, I think the process of actually getting to those, getting your body ready for that, was it wasn't just um, ice baths or Wim Hof. There was no quick success in this one. It was I used to train three times a week in the sea, and I had to be in seven a.m. in the sea through the through the winter all the time. So and every time I get into the sea, it was a kilometer or a mile. There was no no less, no more, no less. And hail, rain, snow, every conditions you get in. And I think the mindset of actually doing that in our climate in Ireland, which is tough, you know, it's tough, wet, damp, horrible stuff. I think that process gave me the hardening of the body to actually go more into more deeper uh, extremes in, in cold water or ice water. So is, so is it a combination of physical and mental? I mean, because I go into the sea in the morning, at the moment I can only stay a few minutes. No, I don't force myself to stay any longer. I'm happy enough with my, like the guys in the 40 foot, I'm happy yeah. enough with my day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I haven't yeah. pushed myself to stay longer. Do you think if, and, and like I know we're all different, but by pushing yourself, by giving that mile in your head, that kilometer in your head, it's that, does that give the body the permission to, to take the heat, the cold? Yeah, I think obviously goal setting is a big thing. And, you know, obviously in every athlete, goal setting. Um, I think I want to say it's. I was driven, you know, to be obviously driven all the time in sport. But when somebody gives you a second chance after a couple of major operations, I think it was saying, "Well, John, I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with this. I'm not the fastest guy, but I can, I can hold my own here in in, in temperatures that no one can do." And so that kind of drove me on when I was about forty three, forty four. I was able to say. Okay, wow, I said you're 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 getting up there. Your name's good and you're you're getting good at this adaption of cold water and then bringing that into a more colder environment. And so I think that process um uh I think that, that's the way I was thinking, you know, I was driven to be, you know, the best I could get. Yeah. You know, and I think I think every the way I say if if people I'm fifty now so I think when somebody gives you a chance of becoming something like number one now in, in endurance ice swimming I think uh, you kind of have to say shit like I'm okay like I'm fifty years of age and I'm leading the pack so I think that was kind of a personal goal that I always wanted to have a go at so I'm, I'm up for the fifty year old guys okay <laughs> with you on that. <laughs> Alright, so run for the hills, Iron Maiden, the next one. Run for the hills, yeah. <laughs> I think I put that one down to my first swim in Siberia, uh, 2000, and it was 13 or 14. And I definitely wanted to run for the hills when I seen that because they were using chainsaws to cut the pool out. I was actually standing in my lane, standing in it before the day before they actually cut the ice out. There's a video of that. Actually, standing in my lane, going, I'm standing in my lane, and we swim it in 24 hours later. And we made a swim, and it was minus 20, the water was zero, and freezing at the time. And uh, it was in the dark. It lasts. So and how long was that swim? That was 500 meters. And that was myself, my mate Jamie, who's gone on to be. That was our first extreme swim. Uh, so we were absolutely novices and breaking. So I wanted to work for the hills. <laughs> Thank you.
I say, I think I, I saw you guys. I'm pretty sure it was you and Jared Devlin one morning. Um, I think you were training. You were training. You were doing an event for the Gavin Glen Gavin Glen Foundation. Yeah. And I know you were training for a long distance, so you do do a lot of long distance, or you were doing it. You're going back into it a long yeah, distance. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> yeah, I because I remember seeing you heading off. I was going into a little bit, and you guys were heading off south. And actually, a friend of mine was on them. Um, on the paddleboard, oh, he came yeah. along you, and he came back and said, eh, "The lads are going to Wicklow or something." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "What?" <laughs> so, what, what's what's a long distance swimmer? What, uh, what are you swimming? I, I well, I, I obviously the ice swimming kind of found me, but I was very intrigued by long distance swimming, and I did train an awful lot of the long distance, so ten kilometers plus swimming, you know. And I went to different camps in two thousand thirteen, fourteen. And I came back to my own coastline and I went, there's nothing people, why isn't people swimming here? Why aren't people swimming from Greystones to Wicklow? What a beautiful swim, you know, 21 kilometers. Why aren't people swimming from there to there to there across your bay, like Dublin Bay? And I couldn't get over this. So I started to create these crazy ass swims. And I did, with a kayak, we had nothing. We had no boats, we had nothing. So I had a friend with a kayak, and I never forget it because the first time I done that swim from Greystones to uh, to Wicklow, Wicklow Harbour, um, we had to go down, drop a car down, drive down to Wicklow, drop a car, come back, get the kayak out, and then paddle, swim to Wicklow. And I, I swam into a competition from Wicklow Swimming Club. I swam up and I stood up, and one of the fellas says, Jerry. Was a triathlete then? I said, Where'd you come from? I said, I came from Greystones. Holy shit. He said, I have to swim. And I said, Yeah, well, look at this. I'm going to be togs. And he, he's, they stopped the actual um, the presentation in Wicklow. And they said, Listen, we have something to say here. This fellas have a swim from Wicklow, Greystones. And uh, then anyway, they gave me a cup of tea or something. And that was the way I went. So we started to, I started to look at all these crazy swims around the East Coast. Um, we don't we don't Greystones to Wicklow and then we don't Wicklow to Greystones. What's the distance? I know it's twenty one k because we run it. But yeah, how long does it take? Uh, my best time was I think four hour, four and a half hours. Uh, now you obviously tidal assistance, so you know you get, if you get a good tide, but uh, just use it as a base training. There's just something in it going from point to point. Yeah, yeah. And I always say to people, I swam across to the bay a few times. Well, you always look around your bay, uh, where you live, like the Kishlai House, we, we, we train out there quite a lot. You look out there, you know, always say, Jeez, I swam from there to there and there to there. Where if, if I said to you, I swam the English Channel or the North Channel or the Scotland, you can't visualise it. But if I said to you as a normal person, said, see that lighthouse? Yeah, I swam from the lighthouse to there. And you just, I always, the reaction was always massive. But it's only a quarter of the distance of the English Channel. Sure. But people were, I couldn't fathom this said, Jesus. But it was simplicity. And so I started to create more swims along Dublin Bay. And we had, oh, I swam so many times from Bray to Greystones. But at one stage now, it was a bit stupid now, but I actually swam it on my own. Just a bit naive. It wasn't, a, it wasn't the most bravest thing because when I finished the swim, a friend of mine was to pick me up. So he dropped me off at, say, Greyhead Hotel. I swam to Greystones and 
when I got to North, when I got to the harbour, there was so many boats coming out for a gala or a regatta. I had to go back and swim on the North Beach. And I got out to the North Beach and the friend was supposed to collect me. Oh, geez, one of his kids got sick. So I came up on the beach with nothing. And all these walkers then from Brayhead were starting to put clothes on me because <laughs> I was freezing. And they asked to give me shoes because then I couldn't walk up past Joe Sweeney's chipper. So we ended up not going into Joe Sweeney's chipper, getting tea off him, and getting more coats, and then waiting for my friend to call in with a sick kid. So I'm sitting there freezing, but it was a stupid thing to do, and I'll never repeat it because, you know, swimming in your own with that kind of environment is a foolish, you know. So. But you do quite a lot for charity, right? You, you do use a lot of things. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not just you, the, the group of people that come and you've created a group of novice and swimmers. Yeah, yeah. We have the Gavin Glynn swim team, uh, which I know John Glynn many years. I know the whole of Gavin as well. We've done, actually, we've done a few swims for Gavin over the years when he was still alive. And we just said, look, we're trying to create a couple of things. And, you know, a few friends were said, why can't we do some for our charity, like, which is the foundation that's dear to us, you know? And we did, as you can see, actually, that one there. Mm -hmm. That's the one there behind you there is the RSC swim map. That was from Hollyhead there. That was the recent one. That was uh, that was our track action. Not the straightest, but uh, <laughs> that's the way it goes with tires out there. And, uh, well, what's that? This is that's twenty miles, is it? No, uh, no it's, it's it's sixty miles. Sixty miles, yeah, right? yeah sixty yeah. miles. Wow! And that was a relay. That was a relay, a six-person relay. So the swims like that, Jer um, had his English Channel swim, Cormac McKenna had um, Manhattan Island, around Manhattan Island. Right. There's different people, and again, we're very bold in knowledge that we, we want to we help. Like if somebody says, listen, I want to swim in this channel, can you help us? And I said, yeah, so we can. But once it's on the foundation, you come on the, the wing of us. Which is our knowledge, our training, our expertise. We more likely be on the boat with you, you know, because you've raising funds. You know, we're definitely going to open arms and everything. You know, so. Okay, before I ask you a couple of more things, uh, this song you gave me uh, an old classic, "Smoke on the Water," Deep Purple. There's a bit of a theme going through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, "Smoke on the Water." Yeah, I I put it down to um. That was a swim. I'd done a swim in Siberia, uh, back to Siberia again, because in Siberia, there's a very unique swim that I always wanted to do. It's called a no-limit swim. So basically, it, the water is, obviously, everything's zero degrees, so sure. And you're able to swim till you can't swim, you know, and it, it's a race. Right. So who can take the most punishment? So uh, it, was, it was kind of tabooed and barred for a long time. Couple of years, I think one guy, two guys went head to head, two Russian guys, and one guy ended up. I think he's he's been he's not been right since I believe you know, as in he, he never swam again, you know. So uh, so when I went to the water, I went to go to the edge. Then because the air temperature was minus thirty, there was actually uh, there was actually a smoke on the water because the air temperature it, it kind of like a, a fog. And it's misty, and that's where I so I swam this, and I was saying, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna die. But uh, I swam two kilometers that day, and um, 
that was extreme. That was 42 minutes there. I beat the Russian guy by 200 meters. And they, wanted, they didn't want me to win. They wanted to so I went to their backyard, swam that kind of distance, and then I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, all I wear is one hat, um, earplugs, which I've learned to use more than earplugs because I think in extreme kind of conditions, eventually you'll have a surface ear or a, you, you will have problems, simple as that. Um, one goggles and towels, that's it. That's all you're allowed. Uh, but for something like that, no limit swim, how do you know? Okay, you, you're a dreaming person, obviously, you're dreaming too. To achieve what you want to achieve, you know. So yeah. in, in your sport, you decide you're going to yeah. do that swim. You're not going all the way to Siberia for for a bit of a slip. The swim, no. you're going to go there. You're going to be. Oh no, I know. I just got well. Yeah, you got to do your best. I, I got to do my best. And the two guys I'm swimming were, were one was a friend. Yeah. The other guy was, you know, he was he was there to to win. Sure. You know, and, and so was well, I was there to keep, know. It, keep it honest <laughs> too. You know. Um, but what I'm curious is. When do you know you've, you've gone to the limit? In that part, you, you, you don't. You don't. You don't. Because um, that day, I was very lucky to have Ram Barkai, who was a massive experience. He was there in Russia at the same time. Uh, a couple of meetings there he had, and he was swimming as well. And I think, you know, when I started to swim, I actually was actually going to swim slow. Um, I, in my head, is, I knew this guy was faster swimmer. I said, I'm going to try and keep up with him. But I can actually beat him in the cold, and he lives there. And all that sounds really weird. But this is my thought process. So I said, "No, I'm going to let him off." So off he went. He was about a, you know, a length ahead of me or whatever. And I said, "Grant, I'm going to swim my own thing." So after one k, I could start to catch him and various things. But you go into this kind of trance. You you're actually swimming, but you don't know. Your mind is completely blank. You know you're in, you're in dead water, and it became so bad that you know after after a period you 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 in this trance you could actually run into lame because you're actually totally I don't know the woman is something you you're totally uh, you're really asleep but you're swimming. So when I went up to about I got to say the fifteen hundred mark. I, I wasn't communicating back to the team. So you give a thumbs up or you give an okay signal. Usually this because you can't, your hands are locked, frozen, you know, and they're usually twice the size of your fingers are to be expanded with the temperatures, you know. So eventually then Ram hit my, hit my head. As I was coming to turn, he hit me in the head. And I was, and he woke me up. I was actually, 
I was nearly, I was, I was, I was swimming out well, but I was actually unresponsive to my team. And the referee was getting very agitated over this. First of all, I was catching the Russian lad and going to beat him. And then the, um, the referee was saying he's not communicating back. He, he, he's gone. But they were saying his times are still the same. So, you know, so thankfully with the experience around, he was able to wake me up to say, wake up, Jerry. And I was actually awake again. I, he said, look, you've got 20 lengths to go. And I see the, I see the ball, they give you meters at each length. 1800 meters, 1900 meters. And we're running out of cars then because they had to make new ones. And, uh, and it's a great picture of me actually, just me, just going to touch down the last, the last length. And that was, it. You can't walk after that, so wow. you have to be lifted, you know. So, and how, how do you balance all that when you're out of the water? I mean, obviously, you do a lot of training for before you get into the water. When you're out of the water, then for your recovery and all that, I mean, is it nutrition? Is it any other any other thing you need to do to to reset your body? Nutrition, <laughs> disaster. <laughs> okay. I eat everything, and um, I I think. Um, no, there is discipline in training, you know. I'm meticulously on training. I get up I get up a half hour in the morning, I'm in the pool by six, I train for two hours, four to five days a week. And then I go to the sea. During the winter I go to the sea twice. But every time I go to the sea, I'm up to about I'm in the sea for an hour now at the minute. So I swim an hour. So I do about three and a half K in the sea at the minute. Um, and that's most weekends now. You know, so I'm just because it's eight degrees in the water and I'm going to swim at zero degrees, I still get the same endurance effect as when I go much longer. So I go longer, uh, double what I'm going to be doing in Antarctica, and that will prepare me mentally, physically, get me ready for the hardship that my body's going to face in Antarctica, you know. So, nutrition wise, no, I, I eat well, eat a balanced diet, meat to veg job, loads of veg. Um, hydrate like mad, but basically it's just down to regular training. Because if I if I get up that early, I go to bed early. I'm not snacking at nine o'clock at night. Hammering the fridge out, you know, and it, it makes you disciplined. So I've actually in the past, you know, three months I've actually dropped nearly a stone in weight because I'm training harder, you know, longer, um, you know, so. So the myth of, uh, well, I don't know if it's a myth of you need to be big and bulky to, because of, you know, extra yeah. fat layers. Uh, is that um, is that true? Uh, there is, there is something in it, yeah. I think there is something in it. They've done some excess, Trinity College done an experiment on me one time of, I don't know how to do it, but the shot lasers through the body to, to look for um, uh, organ fat what's fat around your organ, which is not actually healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anything around your organ fat is supposed to be. So they done a test on me and they thought it was something wrong with the machine. And they went, they, they calibrated off another person and they went, no, he's normal or whatever. And I don't know how it works. I was mystified. But they were actually doing experiments on fat. Like body fat is actually important to everybody. And there's evidence of nothing wrong with being having a bit of fat. If you know what I mean, it's quite healthy in your diet. It's quite healthy as a person to have a, a small bit of fat. So 
that was the only experiment that's been done over the past while to see what was the difference between me and you, say, why am I able to do an hour to see now come out speaking to you like this? Um, and that was the only thing ever. I, there was no other shortcuts or no other facts that I could, uh, because if you get too heavy, if you start like bulking up and bulking up, you get slower. You know, I think you get slower. And I think you're not going to get you so far, but you actually become an unhealthy state. Uh, if you become heavily obese to get into icy water, yeah, but then your lifestyle, you can't walk, you can't, you know, normal things of, I, I love hiking and stuff, I go to the mountains or whatever, you know, so where is the fine line between that? So I think, yes, I think a bit of fat definitely helps. It's, in my game of endurance swimming, yeah, it definitely helps. Good. Now, we rock Dio. I don't know this one at all. Oh, Dio. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good song, yeah. Uh, Ronnie James Dio. I suppose, yeah, put it down to um, some of the swims we've done. Um, I think we played that in Morocco a few times, actually, that song. Because myself and a friend of mine, I said to him, look, I have to go and do Africa as a continent. I said, I can't afford to go to Cape Town. I'd love to go to Cape Town. Some great friends there and there's a place there they swim in altitude. I said, no, I said, look, uh, this is two years ago. And I said to friends, said, Paki said, look, will you come to Morocco with me? I said, you know, we're going to swim in this ice lake in Morocco. Uh, Ryanair of extra flights on that time. And we have to go and we have to go next week and I'm going to pay for you and everything. And he said, oh, but it's only for a weekend to Morocco. So we went to Morocco for, I left, we left there Friday morning. We were home on a Sunday evening. We drove about, I don't know how many hours, weekly's no hours, and we drove around these, uh, what's the name of it, the Atlas Mountains. We drove around the Atlas Mountains after being snowbound in. We couldn't get to the lake we wanted to get. And we had to drive around the back door because the police were chasing us because they wanted to know what we're up to in their province. And they chased us out of our province. And we went in the back door and we up to another area and we done this swim. And uh, we actually couldn't believe we're sitting back in our local pub at say 10 o'clock on Sunday evening going, did that actually just happen? <laughs> so we, I put that song down to We Rock because we and Patrick actually doing something which was just bananas. much longer yeah I just want to know the last thing I want to know so we're here in your office uh, I just made your badge lovely gentleman we're in South Dublin yeah I was able to call it normal a normal environment yeah where yeah. did all this um, explorer idea come from like where yeah. I mean I never actually thought it that way you guys are gonna be explorer this well in, in a few weeks time yeah by the time this comes out or probably even around the time you're going to be in Antarctica by the time this podcast comes out you're going to be the new 
through exploring Antarctica in a different way. And that's yeah. quite an ama amazing thing to do. But where does that come from? I, I think um, most, of my, most of my own professional work and career and some of the stuff I've done, uh, I was involved in event management for a long time, for 10, 10 years. I got to a very high level in, in my game, you know. And I think the leadership qualities, I always had that leadership quality. Do you need a leadership role? Like every explorer needs leadership qualities and they're able to foresee things that are going to happen or they look for the devil's detail. You have to go through the paperwork where everything's X and crossed. The monies are no gray area, finance, everything's by the book. And, um, and I think then to see, um, I suppose to, you know, Irish are big explorers, especially Antarctica. I just think it's great just to create something from nothing that's never been done, but just to create it, just to actually sit down in front of this computer in front of you and say, how do I get from there to there to there to there? And how do I bring, because Norway's, we were like saying, oh, Norway's so expensive, we bring our own food. We brought all our own food because we went, we're not going to have time for shopping. We don't want to swim. So you, you create, and everyone says, yeah, Jerry, like, yeah, we, we'll go with you. We believe in this, and we went. And same with Antarctica, we go there. Like, as far as I know the records, I, there's only one other person who swam inside the Antarctic Circle. Um, but not only that, I think it's just creating a group of normal people to come on the journey with you and to trust you as a, as a leader to actually bring them and bring them back safe and bring them back uh, with an unbelievable journey. Because it strikes me from this conversation that it is obviously it's nice to have the record and all the rest of it, it's yeah. nice to do it, but it's beyond that, you know, would you say? It is. You're, it you're, is. you're there, like, so what do you, what, what do you like to see in, in like, in the, uh, I was talking to another wonderful girl, Claire Walsh, she's the, I think she has the record of... Uh, it's funny, I, I think we were supposed to swim yesterday. There you go. And it was with Dee in Bray, and I was looking forward to meeting her because I had been following her. And um, I think we passed it to her in the cafe. There was some confusion. She, herself and Dee, missed, missed messages or something. And uh, it was rough enough yesterday in Bray, so I was looking forward to meeting her, unfortunately. Yeah, you will meet her. Yeah. She's a lovely, lovely yeah. girl, and a great story yeah. of how she got into the uh, diving and, yeah. and talk. But she was saying that there isn't a body around what she's trying to do. There isn't a sporting body. Like, for example, all, all of this is self. You guys, oh, a lot of your self-funded. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. or still do all that thing. But there yeah. isn't such a thing. You don't get a check for from... Uh, there's, there's nothing at the end of it. You okay. know, I mean, there's, there's accolades and it, it's a personal... Like, my journey became a very personal journey and... To go and to you know to complete your mission or complete the task you set out, and just to do it is just is that not enough? What's the, you know you have to have medals hanging around your neck or, I think when you get there it's just very like Jesus Christ I've actually done that. Yes. And I mean I'm now looking back more than when I first went on a diet I thought okay that's done right, but then when I look back and I go shit that was done. But the journey of your your swimming career to progress. Um, and to meet the people that you've become friends with over the years all over the world that helped you and you appreciate it and they call to your door here and you help them or I think that's the life journey is part of it as a, as a as a swimmer and then you become ambassador for Ireland you have to make sure that you go and conduct yourself correctly and you know and you 
fucking ass yourself, you know, at the bar. <laughs> but if, if somebody wants to get into uh, sea swimming and ice swimming, is it such a thing as an organization? I mean, or how does it work? There's different groups. I think every every coastline, you know, from you know from Greystones to Scaries, you know, along our shores, you know, have different factions and groups. And again, just it's a responsibility comes into it. You know, who's responsible for? You know, I see one different events, different sessions, and insurance has got ridiculous here control, so I ditched them all. Um, so when you do a meetup, it's especially my in my days because I go fairly long. I I usually swim my own because it's actually I'm easier, I'm happier because I don't want to drag people into a dangerous zone, or I don't want to create a competitiveness where they have to try and beat me. But they they actually realize they how dangerous they they have become medically wise. So I'm pretty aware of that. So generally, I only swim with a handful of people um, that when I say to them, it's time to get out, for you to get out and don't follow me, and I mean that for the right reasons, not because I'm better than any sure, sure. I mean it for the right reasons. So, but I think, look, I think there's groups everywhere and there's pop-ups now. I see Greystones is absolutely alive with swimmers. I know, it's amazing. And it's uh, more people. the twins, the happy, the happy pair of twins. I used to, I used to shadow them on the rugby pitch. I was the enforcer. Anyone touch them, <laughs> you, you got to talk to me. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we've been planning to meet up a few times. But he said every time I come near me, he said, Jerry, don't come near us. He said, we're not, we're not. I said, no, I don't. I enjoy free porridge. Don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. So, Lisa, I always ask everybody for what I call the words of wisdom, just the quote or anything that you have in your back of your Words head. of wisdom, Jesus. I well, just the quote or anything you get. For that. <laughs> um, I think, you know, everyone has it in sport. I can only talk about sport, right? So, even careers, right? Everyone has a life journey, you know. And remember, the, my life journey is not over yet in swimming. It's actually maybe started it restarted again recently, you know. But I think everyone has a life journey. And the thing is, just take your time at it, go slow at it, and enjoy it. And smile and meet people and thank people. And it doesn't matter if you achieve or you don't achieve. It doesn't matter. But just enjoy your life journey and sport, you know. Because I have. And it's not finished yet. So just enjoy it and smile and be happy. That's good to me. And the last song, it's, um, what's the last song? All of the... Oh no, yeah, Except. Oh, Except, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can you can announce that song. What's it called? I can't remember. What is it? Hall, hall. I no, just... Balls to the Wall. Oh, balls to the Wall, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I scribbled that wrong. Balls to the Wall. Balls to the Wall, yeah, yeah. That's... Um... <coughs> There's a couple of guys I, I, I train with and they call it balls out training, you know, which literally you literally go to you cannot go. So we go so well, we go our speed and we literally train so hard, which we do train. We're up to, we truly swim around 28 kilometers a week. And we do, we push very hard because it makes our job easier when we go to do the bigger stuff. And we'll be training balls out. So balls to the wall. Jared Kennedy, thanks a million for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you.